We're here today at the Career Pro Inc. podcast with Jeff Davidson, and we're going to talk about completing what you start. Would you like to have a reputation as a career professional who completes what you start and to be the kind of team player who others consistently want to work with? You can be that, and the insights and perspectives I believe in this session will help accelerate your progress. We've talked about this subject before. We can't get enough of it. Jeff Davidson. Completing what you start. In my opinion, the ability to complete what you start is maybe the single most valuable skill that you can demonstrate on the job, and at the same time, the term getting things done has just about become a catchphrase in business and industry. So if you're the kind of person who can get things done and complete what you start, you'll be in demand. Now, what are the impediments to completing what you start? As we know, we're in a day and age where so much competes for our time and attention, and the typical person is buffeted about in the course of a day by emails, by snail mail, by phone calls, by text, by everything that people even one generation ago could barely comprehend was coming. And yet there are people among us who are masters of finishing what they start. What's the primary trait, if you will? steadfastness. What's the primary blockage, if you will? The notion that we can stay on top of so many things per given unit of time, within an hour, within a day. I can have my mitts all over the place. It's okay. I can handle it. I'll still get it all done. It'll be fine. I can look up whatever I want on the internet. And I'm here to tell you today, getting things done, and in particular, finishing what you start, requires a kind of mental energy and focus that seems to be on the wane. It seems as if fewer and fewer people have that capability. Have you noticed that to be true? Everybody seems to have, it seems to be urgently on 27 projects and the interruptions in their life have just increased and so we feel like and we kind of suck into this get sucked into this idea that we have to multitask isn't that kind of dangerous one of the reasons why we get pulled in so many directions and allow ourselves to be is that when we're juggling multiple tasks, when we're multitasking, strangely, curiously, it is psychologically satisfying. And I know how that sounds, but stay with me. When you're juggling five, six things at a time, it's almost as if you're saying to the world, hey, Look at me. Notice me. Pay attention to all the things I'm involved with. Aren't I something? I mean, we don't go through this in our head, but on a subconscious level at hyper speed, 
some of these notions are at play. And contrast that with the individual who sticks to the task at hand and intends to go all the way to completion. That person psychologically cannot be harboring messages that say, look at me, look at everything I'm juggling, look at all that I'm on top of, I've got my mitts out everywhere. No, that person's just on one thing. That person's on completing the project before them, taking it all the way. So is that as glamorous? Is that as exciting? Is that as captivating? Is that as dashing? No, probably not. However, in the long run, and I'm not talking years, I'm talking months, weeks, days, portions of a day, in the longer run, that person that aims to go all the way to completion, to finish the job, to cross the T's and dot the I's, to, to, to uh, you know, file that final report, that person is going to get a whale of a lot more done than his or her counterpart who's dabbling in this and that all over the place. If your world's been disrupted by events of the time, your job's disrupted, you're having to do more at work than less, you're working a little bit more remotely on projects. Just like you're saying, it feels like the more overwhelmed we look, the more status it gives us. But isn't today's work world demanding that we get things done and finish and complete even despite the disruptions? Bosses today in every organization Look for staff, workers, who are fixated on finishing the job. The kind that comes in to your office, hands you the folder and says, here's that report you were waiting for, or here's the results of that project. It's all done. It's wrapped up. If you're a boss and you're managing somebody like this, you can't wait to give them the next assignment because you know they're going to handle it. And you don't have to micromanage them necessarily. You don't have to be in on every little thing going on. Here's a person who tackles a project and at the outset says, okay, whether I like it, whether I don't like it, this is what I've been assigned. This is what I need to do. And this is what I'm going to complete and they recognize that their boss, their team members, anybody who they're in contact with, soon enough will recognize their value on the team, in the marketplace, in that industry, in that profession. How do we develop the mindset of someone who intends to complete what they start you have to focus on what you've completed in the past and recapture the feeling and the emotion. What did it do for you? How did you feel after that? What kind of kudos did you get? Is it something that you can duplicate? The answer is yes. You have to get into that space and time and say, okay, yeah, I remember when I was on the XYZ project, and gosh, that thing was difficult. And man, it took so many different directions. 
And there were times where I thought it was hopeless, that we'd never get to the end. But you know what? The end did come, and it was satisfying. And I want to get to that place again, and again and again. I want to be known for the, to be the kind of person that tackles a project from start to finish, puts it to bed, and is ready for what's next. Completions that you talk about, you talk about that phrase completions, and I think our careers are going to demand this, demand this. And you know what this does when I've <laughs> employed this idea and not gone back to multitasking? It's created boundaries around us. It's letting people know, too, I'm on a completion. Let me finish. So it, it, it almost brings the kind of respect you really want, not the look at how crazy busy I am mindset that you, just, you talked about earlier. Becoming a person who is known for completing what they start does engender respect. It actually is a self-contributing phenomenon, if you will. Once you have the reputation of someone who completes what they start, others around you, when they see you engaged in a project, a task, an activity, whatever it happens to be, almost naturally give you space. They almost naturally back off when it's a lower level item that they don't really need to be bringing to you right now. You know, that kind of thing. So uh, think about it for a moment. In your previous jobs, the highest achievers, the ones that consistently got things completed, took it all the way to the end, did they not have an aura about them? Did, did not others in the office treat them you know, a little differently? They did, and they also, one other thing that it does is it can rally people around your cause. That's kind of what you're talking about is people give you the, the boundaries, they let you go, but they also can get behind someone who completes what they start. When you're the type of person who has a reputation of completing what you start, there is a rallying effect, if you will, that others who are on your team or others with whom you're cooperating begin to understand that, hey, we are going all the way because John or Joan or whomever is heading up this and we are going to cross the finish line. It might be difficult. There might be twists and turns. There could be delays. There could be unforeseen circumstances. There probably will be. All of that isn't going to matter in a while because we are crossing the finish line. And you know what happens team-wise when everybody gets the experience of crossing that finish line and doing it you know, expertly and getting the kudos and so forth, then you potentially engender others to become finishers. The best of leaders can help their followers to begin to adopt the same admirable traits that the leader exhibits. And being a finisher is by far one of the best. What if 
I have bad habits of doing multi, trying to multitask, and I feel like if I just concentrate on this one project and finish it, what will happen to all the other plates that I'm spinning? Isn't that what gets us into this mindset of spraying instead of focusing and aiming with that accurate bullseye that we need to finish the project? A long-term, at least these days, bugaboo, if you will, among people who could be strong finishers is the concern about what else is being left by the wayside momentarily, momentarily, while I'm on this particular project. And it is a real concern. Some of the other things that are momentarily left by the wayside may be important. We're not going to say that they're not. It's possible that you have two, three, four tasks before you of equal importance. Maybe not equal timelines or deadlines, but equal importance. And so, unquestionably, concerns could come up that, hey, while I'm on this, I'm, I'm not making any progress here. But, you know, we've got to stand back and look at this phenomenon for what it really means. As I've discussed in books and articles and so forth, suppose you have six projects competing for your attention. You can dabble in two and three and number four and so on and come back to one, go to six and so on psychologically feel satisfied because you're juggling the whole thing and if anybody comes by and takes a look, it'll look pretty good. However, the fastest and most effective way to get through, say, six projects confronting you is to identify the one that has to be handled first and then rank the others, second, third, fourth, through sixth, in order of when they have to be handled you know, weighing importance and, you know, what's involved and what you have to assemble. Tackling that first project, taking it all the way to the finish, if you have the capabilities to do so. Sometimes you have to wait for resources or somebody signs off or you need to get an approval. Sometimes there's a step that is outside of your bounds that you just can't get past. All right, we understand that. But you take it as far as you possibly can, hopefully all the way to the finish. Then and only then, if you turn to the second task of the six we've aligned, approach it the same way, finish it, go to number three, and ultimately go through all six. You compare the time, effort, energy, uh, mental expenditure, if you will, <laughs> proceeding through the six projects, as I've just described, versus trying to dabble in the six. And which do you think is the most efficient and effective by far, without question? It's to line them up in order of when they need to be handled, focusing on one at a time, taking it to completion, then going on to the next and the next. When you dabble on all six, it is possible 
that you'll do some brilliant work here and there. And you might get an insight because of working on the third task that will help you on the fifth task. I mean, this can happen. But all told, you can't compete with your counterpart in the workplace who takes the one through six approach. You just can't do it. And over time, and now we're talking far longer than a, a week and a month and a year, over five years and over 10 years, that person who takes the one through six approach is going to leave you in the dust. What if we're at, we're, we don't have external forces pushing us to get the projects done? We have to figure out what the project is. What if we're in career transition? What if we're working out of our home? What if we have more independence? We have a remote workforce to manage and no one's really dictating. How do we handle that and still stay that focused? In this day and age, it is entirely possible that we're working remotely or we're in career transition or we don't have necessarily the boss or the structure surrounding us that kind of keeps us in the mode. So we self-generate that finisher quality and it can be done. Think about the people in society who are ultra successful and not necessarily in an environment where the kind of structure they need to be finishers is in place. Authors who write books. Somebody who decides to run for office for the first time and really it's a self-venture they begin to assemble a team. They study what others have done in campaigns and so forth. Think about a CEO leading a company, taking it in a totally new direction. Or think about a project or product manager who wants to either offer a new service, a new product, a new way of doing things, a new way of installation, and so on. There are many people at various junctures in their career who are, I'm going to use the word, pioneers and don't necessarily have an existing structure in place that will prompt them to be a finisher. Still, they summon within them the understanding on some level that, hey, maybe this is new ground. But finishing is still important. Finishing is going to make the difference between whether this is a pie-in-the-sky venture or something that ends up with concrete results. So you can, you can learn from the achievers in history. You can read biography. You can watch movies of the great achievers. You can hang around others who are naturally inclined to be finishers. And of course, I'm going to lean towards entrepreneurs here, people who started their own venture, people who started their own business, because, you know, on balance, you can make the argument that they had less structure than those in the corporate environment. But fortunately, we have enough 
cues and clues around us. Possible role models, possible mini cases, possible biographies that we can, we can draw upon. There's no question though, it is a challenge if you're not in a structure which kind of induces or helps or aids you in some way to be a finisher. Closing the right way, finishing with a kick, but focusing on those these completions are so important in the workforce. It's going to be more important that you can be able to talk about projects that you saw the problem, you seized the opportunity, you completed it, and you have those are stories too that you can tell. And those stories get out in the workplace, they get out to a new employer. What else do we need to know as we close out this session, Jeff? There are books and articles that say if you want to be an achiever, a finisher, somebody who completes what you start, write your obituary <laughs> and back into it. In other words, <laughs> 30 years hence, what do you want it to say? What, what was your big achievement? I, you know, that's fine, but 30 years is too far off. And writing your obituary for many people is just not in the cards right now, okay? You need nearer term markers if you will, in order to spur you on. So maybe you could simply create a compendium of what you want to have accomplished by the end of this calendar year. Write that out and now live into that, okay? A year focus for a typical career professional is within the bounds. They can understand it. They can work with it. It, it has meaning. Not to say that the obituary writers don't get a push from that. Sometimes they do, but for most people, most of the time, I'm gonna say keep the focus nearer. Also, envision if you will, in what situations will your ability to sit down in a chair across from somebody else in an interview situation, in a sales situation, in whatever situation you might find yourself, in what in what environments will it be to your extreme advantage to discuss a completion, something that you finished, you started it, you finished it, you're proud of it, it works, it's here, you can refer to it, you can, you can point at it. Well, get into that mind space and you'll have a constant incentive to keep finishing what you start. Jeff Davidson, completing what you start. We need to know this and apply it today. Thank you.